You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou it's, uh, it's funny how words get added to the English lexicon. Um, Computer was a word most of us weren't familiar with in the early 80s, but by the late 80s we were. Um, Different words have come into and out of fashion in the English language, and the English language adopts them very quickly. One phrase which I never heard prior to about 10 years ago, but you hear it everywhere now, is bucket list. You know what a bucket list is? from the movie of the same name, right? That's not, most of us hadn't heard that phrase before. But the list of things you really want to do before you kick the bucket. And um, when I was young, I had, this, I had a pretty substantial list of things I really wanted to do on that list. Um, my wife and I had every earnest intention of raising our children bilingual when we got married in 1995. The problem was she spoke Celtic and German and I spoke Spanish and Italian. So one of us had to learn another language. And when you're in your 20s and busy trying to build a life and just get by, time to learn a language is scarce. So when our son came along in 2004, we neither one of us knew us the same language. So my children are starting Japanese this spring. <laughs> had a list of things, of, especially as a, as, a, as a performing artist, as, as someone I started as a saxophone major and learned to play guitar, and I had this list of performers I really wanted to see live. And when I moved to the Poconos in 2009, I came very, very close to two of the people who were on my list to see. One of them was Les Paul. I just loved Les Paul and Mary Ford. He was one of the most amazing players, amazing inventors, amazing producers, and he still played in his 90s every Monday night at a club in Manhattan. And I desperately wanted to get up there and see him. And about five months after I moved in, he passed away at 94. So I didn't get to that one either. And I've never gotten the chance. One of the greatest living saxophone players lives right up here in the Poconos as well. And um, I didn't get a chance to see him either yet. And I don't think he performs out live anymore, so I'm not going to get the chance to see him. <laughs> the list of things that was on that list keeps getting shorter and shorter, but new things keep getting added to the list. And things that, I, as I get older, I think are more significant. I went uh, searching. Uh, uh, most of us have mentors. People were very attached to professionally. And um, one of mine, uh, one of the people who took me under their wing uh, was Father Bernard O'Connor from Nova Scotia. But he sounded like he was from Ireland. And uh, he, uh, he had two PhDs because one wasn't enough. And um, when I met him, he was proctoring seven people in their doctoral degrees, all of them Protestants. 
he came to our church in Michigan to help put a church fight to bed because he was a tough old codger of a lawyer in addition to being a, a pastor and a faithful one. And so he held our feet to the fire for three years to force us to get clean with each other and get healed up as a congregation. So he took me under his wing and he was my academic mentor. We, we just about weekly would get out together. Um, Bernie was about five foot one and 350 pounds. He'd get in my geoprism and he just took the seatbelt and put it over one shoulder because it wasn't getting across his belly. <laughs> and I was a newlywed and uh, my wife was studying for her PhD at University of Michigan and Bernie was uh, professor of assist assistant dean of political science at the next college over and he'd call me around midnight because he was a bachelor. Brett, I'm going to go out for donuts. That's why he was 350 pounds. <laughs> going out for donuts at midnight, and I'd say, Bernie, I'm married. Hi, but do you want to go out for donuts? Lisa, how much longer are you going to be studying? I'll be up till two. Yeah, I'm coming for donuts. <laughs> A great mentor. And um, I went looking for him a couple of years ago. Uh, we had, he was supposed to preach my ordination, and he disappeared. The Vatican had gotten him. They'd abducted him. We kept warning him. If he kept shooting off his mouth, they would. But eventually they abducted him. He served under Benedict for seven years. So he was in Italy and uh, finally came back to the States um, and suffered some tremendous indignities because of his age. Age discrimination is a real thing and could, had trouble finding a teaching position when he came back. Um, but we were supposed to get together and I, I gave him a call when I knew I'd be heading west and it turned out he had passed away suddenly of a heart attack. Um, and it made me sure I wanted to make, I was at that stage in my life, I wanted to say goodbye to all my other mentors before I lost them. Um, and I just got the chance the week before Christmas to do that with one of my most important mentors out in State College who was suffering from brain cancer and moving back to Texas to be with his family. Um, so as, our, as we age, our bucket list changes and becomes more significant because the items on it become less frivolous, more related to the people around us. But what thing should be the most critical thing on that list? Along with the people we love, there's one other critical thing we must know as we get ready to depart this life and enter the next. And that is, who is God? And what does that mean for me? The late Tom Hopko, one of the greatest theologians of um, 20th century America, a guy who I once heard give uh, on his podcast 28 lectures in a row without notes, because his children told me this later, on bishops in the early church. A man fluent in seven languages, who'd been a pastor for 50 years, got the news right before a workshop I did with him a couple of years ago that his grandson, the only one named after him, Thomas Hopko III, had declared himself an atheist. <laughs> so he sat his grandson down and he said, you know what? You've got to wrestle through this, he said, but here's the way you need to wrestle with it. You need to stand in church and you need to yell at God and you need to say, you need to address your prayers, God, if you're there. 
because this is the most important thing you will answer for yourself in this life. Important not only because it's going to change the nature of what happens the moment you close your eyes for the last time, but important because it will change everything else you do in your life between now and that day whenever it comes. Today, in our reading, Simeon, who has been told by the Holy Spirit, he will see the Messiah, the chosen one of God, before he departs this life. Sees Mary and Joseph coming to the temple for Mary's purification. And he sees the child and takes the child into his arms and lifts up these wonderful words which are called by the church the nunc dimittis for its first two words in Latin. Lord, now I can depart in peace for your word has been fulfilled. My eyes have seen your salvation which you have declared in the sight of every people a light to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Those words the church has embedded in the worship life of every congregation through the liturgy. It occurs three times. It occurs during Lent in place of the one we normally sing after offering because that has the word Alleluia and we don't say that during Lent. In fact, during Lent we're reminded of our sinfulness and the condition we must end in were it not for God's grace. So it's a great time to sing those words. Secondly, it's at a funeral liturgy. When someone has closed their eyes for the last time and in the inimitable words of Scripture has fallen asleep in the Lord, we sing those words again. And at evening prayer, the last prayer of the day before we close our eyes, if we're following the order of the church's worship, we sing these words. Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. A light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Guide us, waking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. To know, 
to know that the chosen one has been given a light to the Gentiles the hope of all nations is the one thing that must be on everyone's bucket list and to know what that means for our lives that we may watch with him in this life and sleep peacefully till we wake in his image in the next the great joy of Christmas is knowing that if we have seen Christ we have seen the Father and to him we give glory this Christmas season in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen Be thou my vision O Lord of my heart Not be all else to me save that thou art Be thou my best thought in the day and the night Waking or sleeping thy presence my life